Welcome to the Holistic Grace Podcast, a place for the Christian woman to find energy and wellness for her everyday life. And now, here's your host, Giselle Balbino. Hi, and welcome back to the Holistic Grace Podcast. This is episode three. So I hope you all had a wonderful week, and I am so sorry for leaving you all with a cliffhanger last time. Um, we had covered a lot of material on episode two, and I just want you to have a clear and fresh mind for when you come across this new content today. So if you're tuning in for the first time, first of all, welcome. I am so glad you're here, but I will encourage you to pause right now. And go find episode two, where I go on some extensive detail about how the human brain works from a physiological and psychological perspective. And then I explain how this brain or mind physiology can create difficulties when we're trying to make changes in our lives. I introduce the importance of mind management, which we'll be discussing today. And I also talk about how the Bible and the gospel relates to all of this. You definitely don't want to miss episode two. It gives a pretty solid foundation for what we're going to be discussing today. So why should we care about mind management? Why is this even important or relevant? First off, if you're trying to implement any changes in your life, doesn't matter what it is, mind management is the first thing you will have to deal with. If you overcome the mind, then everything else becomes just math. This is what my life coach mentor always says, and I just love this, because all that our brain creates is all this drama. And if we deal with that, if we manage all the drama, then we're left with just numbers to solve, and we can deal with that. So as I've mentioned in the previous episode, any time we want to create changes in our thinking and behavior, we will be faced with several challenges. The first one will be overcoming the process we discussed on episode two called habitual learning. The second will be overcoming the critter brain, that pesky critter brain, if you remember from last time, which is the part of our brain that hates changes and wants to do all that it can to maintain the status quo, maintain things as they are. And we all can observe this fact in our lives, right? When we first become a believer, for example, this becomes very noticeable. We know we are now a new creature, redeemed by the atoning work of Christ on the cross, and we are no longer slaves to sin. Yet, we find ourselves behaving a lot more like the old self, as we see in Colossians 3.9. And many of us keep wondering, what in the world is wrong with me, right? Am I really a believer? Why do I not act like one, think like one, or talk like one? I remember having those feelings quite regularly as a new believer. And I have seen many new believers struggle with these same thoughts as well. And the reason why is because this process that we'll be talking in more detail today is just in the beginning stages when you're a first believer. As the new believer reads the word more, thinks more like Christ, she also becomes more like Christ. And that is where we begin to notice things to shift within us. When I first came across this formula that I'll be sharing with you today, 
from the life coach school, I was amazed at how much it resembled what the scriptures already calls us to do. So instead of referring to it as just the model, as they call it, I'll be calling it the every thought captive model. In our situation, most of the time, um, we're going to be working on a lot of biblical truths, right? I mean, when you go to secular coaches, they're not interested in the the types of thoughts that you're trying to change in your mind. They're not concerned if those thoughts are um, grounded in truth or if they're actually still distorted realities, right? Because we discussed that on episode two, where after the fall, now all of reality is distorted. So our thinking is distorted. So they're not concerned with restoring that thought error to a reality that's grounded in truth. They're simply concerned with you creating the belief that you want to create in your life, right? And that's not what we're after. We're after what the Bible calls keeping every thought captive in obedience to Christ. That's what we want as Christian women. So here's how this model works. I encourage you to pause right now and either take a piece of paper so you can write this down. I will add a file to the notes of this podcast so that you can download a handout with this model printed for you because I think that will make it a lot easier. But if you want to just get a piece of paper and a pen if you can. Um, If you can't, just hang on with me and, and see if you can visualize this. So the way that the model works is that we have these five areas that we're going to be focusing on. So we have number one, circumstance, number two, thoughts, number three, feelings, number four, actions, and number five, results. And one leads to the other. Number one is circumstance. These are simply the facts. These are things outside of my control. Like an example would be my kids are acting disrespectful and disobedient towards me. That is outside of my control. They are behaving that way. I... I am not controlling that behavior. Number two is thoughts. So their acting disrespectful and disobedient is going to trigger a thought in my mind. And these are the thoughts that we have about the circumstance, right? So in this case, my kid's not obeying or respecting me. Some thoughts that I can have is, I'm a horrible mother. I can't raise obedient, respectful kids. They are such an embarrassment. If I don't do something about this, they will turn into horrible, rebellious teenagers who will make all kinds of horrible decisions. I need to make them respect me and obey me now. Right? (laughs) So these are totally hypothetical thoughts, okay? Never happened, ever. So then right after these thoughts... What follows is emotions, right? Emotion always follows thoughts. So these are our feelings. So number three is feelings. So here is where the thoughts we just had, all those thoughts of being a horrible mother, being unable to raise obedient and respectful kids, and my kids turning into horrible people unless I do something about it now, I begin to feel Angry, right? Discouraged, frustrated, and lack of self-control. And of course, those feelings cause us to behave a certain way, right? 
So that is where the next part of the model comes in, which is action. Number four. Here is how we act based on the emotion we just felt. So an example would be, after feeling angry, discouraged, frustrated, and lacking self-control, I began to yell at my kids harshly to show them who is the boss, right? Who is in control. And I may say things that I later regret and so forth. So the action at this point in the model, the action will always lead to a result. So the result in this situation is that my kids end up acting more defiant in their behavior because sometimes um, acting in that way will work as far as getting them to obey, but it definitely won't work into getting them to respect me. So something outside of my control happened and that triggered a thought in my mind or many thoughts in this case. And those thoughts caused me to feel a certain way, which then caused me to act a certain way, which gave me a certain result, right? So the reason I find this thought processing model so helpful is that now I can just do the work to figure out where the thought error is occurring. It helps me spot that distorted truth and then I'm able to replace it with God's truth instead, which will help us produce the result we want, right? Which is to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So my goal in that situation right there, what is the desire of my heart? First and foremost is to obey Christ, is to be faithful to God, is to honor God in how I'm going to discipline and correct my children. Are their behavior wrong? Yes, they're wrong. Does it call me to take action? Yes, it calls me to take action. But is my action going to be in obedience to Christ or is it going to be in obedience to my flesh, right? To my sinful desires triggered by those distorted thoughts. So if we want to produce godliness and righteousness in our lives, then we must manage our brain. There's no other way. We have to hold every thought captive. And this model is the tool that helps us to do that very thing in a very efficient way. It's the day-to-day -day thought errors that keep us living from our old man as if we were still slaves to sin when we, in reality, have been made free. So we as believers, we can often act as caged animals who live inside a cage for so long that even when the door is open, he won't leave the cage. Even though we have been set free from the bondage of sin, if we don't renew our minds daily, if we don't create those new neural pathways in our brain and establish new connections, new ways of thinking, which are in alignment with the new person that God is transforming us into, we're going to be stuck in the old man, in the old self. We're not going to be reflecting his likeness. So now let's go back to the every thought captive model and let's um, try to change the scenario here, right? So the circumstance remains the same. My kids are acting disrespectful and disobedient. Now, if instead of letting my thoughts just go into the usual pattern of I can't do this, I can't raise my kids, they're 
crazy, their embarrassment, they're going to turn into these horrible, rebellious teenagers, blah, 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 blah. How about I switch that thought to, I am exactly the mom that these children need. God gave them to me. God made me their mother, and he will equip me to teach them, to discipline them, and to serve them as they need. And instead of letting my mind go off on all the horrible outcomes for their future, if I don't do something right now, and I manage my brain and think on truths like repentance is of the Lord, my job is not to bring their hearts to repentance, but to love them and train them in God's righteousness. Or I was just like them and God saved me. They're sinners just like me and and need Jesus just like I do. So Here is another opportunity that I'm having to share Jesus with them, right? So, or here's another gospel opportunity with my kids. Any of these thoughts um, that I change, what do you think they're going to create inside of me? Every thought creates a feeling. So those thoughts now cause my feelings to shift completely. Now I won't be disciplining them from a place of anger, frustration, discouragement, defeat. Now I'll be feeling peaceful with self-control, aware of God's sovereignty over them and with compassion, right? When I think that they're sinful just like I am, you know, like I have compassion for them in that moment and genuine concern for their souls. So if I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling peaceful with self-control, aware of God's sovereignty, how will I act? I will act confident in my ability to parent, and I will use the time to have a deep-hearted conversation. And what will the result be? Well, I actually have experienced this many times in my own home, so I know that when I discipline from this mindset, my children are way more responsive. They're not operating from a reactive state, from that fight-or-flight mode, especially my one fighter child who will fight me whenever she thinks she's in a battlefield. But if I come from this firm but peaceful place, she actually submits and listens. It's amazing. It is so much more effective that I often wonder why this is just not my default way of responding, right? But again, it's because we have been habituated or I have been habituated into responding these sinful manners for so many years of my life. And it takes consistent practice and interrupting these old ways of responding in order for me to make Um, this new way, the normal way, and the default way. I cannot wait the time that this will happen for me because this is a daily struggle. And I definitely go through seasons. There are seasons that I am uh, mostly operating from truth um, and others that I find myself mostly operating from um, uh, lies or distorted truths, right? And Often what I find is that they're totally correlated with how much time I'm spending in the Word. So, hmm, probably wonder why that is, right? (laughs) Obviously, if I am in the Word daily, then I am daily reminded of God's truth, right? So it's much easier and quicker for me to access these truths um, and take my thoughts captive. So as you can see, managing our minds makes all the difference, all the difference in all areas of our lives. 
And a lot of the work that I do with my clients involve getting deep in this mind management work and helping shift these thought patterns so that they can begin to think thoughts that will create the results that they desire in their lives. And the reason why working with a coach to do this work can be so incredibly valuable is because we are filled with blind spots. It's so powerful when someone can pick up all the thought errors in our thinking and help us create ones that are in alignment with who we really are in Christ. It's amazing. It's really transformational. And the way that I want you to think about this mind work It is like allowing God to sculpt you into the person he has created you to be. So just recently, I was having this conversation with my oldest daughter, who was just so frustrated about her inability to just not sin. So she wants so much to be following Christ. She tells me she understands her sin. She understands um, her need of a savior. She understands what Jesus did on the cross. She believes in him. She wants to follow him, but she can't understand why she still sins all the time. So then her, the only logical conclusion for her is that she must not be a believer. So she goes through cycles of this frustration and discouragement, and we constantly have to go back and talk about what the gospel is and, and, And just shepherd her heart in this way. So in this particular day, she was really frustrated. So she just started crying, bursting into tears and hugging me and telling me she's probably not a believer. And because we've had this conversation so many times, this time I I thought I'd approach it a little bit differently. So I took her to our dining room. I got this art history book that I have and I showed her a sculpture that Michelangelo did. And I told her that Michelangelo used to say that whenever he was creating a sculpture, he would just look at a piece of stone and inside that stone, he would see the sculpture that he wanted to create. Then all he had to do was to carve out everything that was not part of that sculpture that he had in his mind. So I told her, all of us Christians, we are like that stone. And sin is like all of the parts that just don't belong in the sculpture, in the person that God is creating us to be. So all of our lives here on earth, God will be sculpting us until we become exactly what he had in mind for us when he first created us. One day, All of earth will be restored and all of God's children will be given each a glorified body, which will be that final complete sculpture. But until then, I told her, we need to let God keep removing all the parts that don't belong in us. And it's hard and sometimes painful, but he is doing an amazing work in us. He is working on a masterpiece and it is worth it. So Christian women, I want you to remember this truth and rest in it. Yes, this mind work can be demanding and difficult, but it is so worth it. And rest knowing that God got this. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. And one day, 
all this messy work of him sculpting us will be done and we will be enjoying him forever. We will be enjoying the fruit of his labor in our lives. So thank you for joining me today. I trust that as you apply the Every Thought Captive model in your life, you will experience some powerful transformation in your life. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, I ask that you please go and leave us a review so that other people can find us and share this podcast with someone that you believe will benefit from today's episode. Have a wonderful week keeping every thought captive to obey Christ. Until next time.